Triple one stage yes, probably prisoner, goalie can layer pause. And here's your host, goalie or this one at all. And really. <laughs> Good morning, y'all. Happy Saturday. So, um, I'll mention the name Krista Pike. Is she somebody that you've heard of previously? Um, well, anyway, I'm going to tell you about her and a couple of her friends. But, um, she was born in 1976 in West Virginia. So, she's not too far from being close to my age. But, anyway... She didn't really have an easy childhood. She was raised by her grandmother, who was a devout Christian, and apparently while she was growing up, she was abused by a friend of her grandmother's. And it was a man named Ernest that abused Krista. And get this, the abuse began when she was still in just a little baby in just diapers, okay? Um, so basically, she was a baby or a toddler. And I just like that's horrible and started off her life the way it ended up but anyway um when krista was 12 her grandmother passed away shortly after that krista attempted to kill herself for the first time to cope with the grief of losing her grandmother and probably from the abuse that she had endured when she was little she began to mutilate herself and she did that in several ways well soon she had to move in with her mom and things seemed to go further downhill from there their relationship was not a good one you know it wasn't that typical mother-daughter relationship and to make matters worse her mom was a raging alcoholic you know her mom tried to get her help for her mental health issues but the doctors that she took her to were of no help and another factor that played heavily on Krista was the fact that her mom had men in and out of the house all the time and at least one of her mom's boyfriends was physically abusive to Krista he made this torture device that he would beat her with it was had a long wooden handle and a leather strap and the psycho hung this torture device or punishment device, whatever you want to call it, on the wall of Krista's bedroom when he was trying to remind her of what he was capable of, or maybe he was trying to keep her in line, but for, you know, whatever his reasons was, I, he had to be pretty sick um, to do that to somebody's kid. Now, at some point, Krista dropped out of high school. But when she was 18, she enrolled in the Job Corps program at the Knoxville campus of University of Tennessee. Now, what the Job Corps was, was a government program that aimed to help low-income youth by providing them with training and job skills. And Krista joined to study nursing. And soon she met a girl named Colleen Slimmer, who was also enrolled in the nursing program. Now, I wouldn't go so far to say as they were friends. They weren't really anything close to it. Now, Krista also had a boyfriend who was attending Job Corps, and his name was Tadaryl Ship. 
And somewhere along the way, the couple had become interested in the occult. Now, it wasn't long before Krista began to think that Colleen was trying to seduce Daryl away from her. And he actually did spend some time with Colleen when Krista had went back home during one of their holiday breaks from school. And Daryl had stayed there on campus in Knoxville. Well, because Krista <clears throat> was away, he decided to spend time with Colleen. And he never fessed up to Krista. She had her suspicions that it had happened. You know, the girl always knows. But anyway, so Krista started to make a plan to get her revenge. But she's not going to take her revenge out onto Daryl. Um, apparently everything was seen as Colleen's fault. Well, Crystal, or Krista came to Colleen and seemingly befriended her. She offered to share a stash of weed with her that she had that, that she had hidden out in the forest near the school. Colleen thought that she could trust Krista, so she took her up on it. The night before um, they headed out into the woods to smoke that weed, Krista confided in a friend that she was feeling mean that day. No, she had plans of killing Colleen. Even to Daryl told another student a few days prior that he, quote, had to make a human sacrifice because the celestial bodies were in alignment, end quote. Now, who goes around telling their plans to murder somebody? Well, I guess nobody took them seriously because no one tried to stop them and Apparently, no one called the authorities, you know. Um, now, around 8 p.m. on Thursday, January the 12th, 1995, to Daryl, Krista, Colleen, and a fourth student who was named Shadola Peterson signed out of their dorms, and they headed to an isolated area out in the woods. Um, it was on. It was like not too far from campus. It was at a place called Tyson Park. Now, suddenly, Krista started confronting Colleen about her wanting to steal her boyfriend. And to Daryl, um, just kind of let the girls, you know, do what girls do. I guess argue over a, a guy. But then Colleen started to realize that they hadn't brought her there to smoke pot like they had promised her. Before leaving their dorms that night, Krista and Tadaryl had armed themselves with a small meat cleaver and a box cutter. Shadola, they had brought her along to be the lookout, so they had left her back at, like, the, you know, around the perimeter of the woods so that she could, like, make sure nobody interrupted their plans. At this point, Krista attacked Colleen, and then she slammed her to the ground where she began kicking and punching her over and over and over. Colleen cried and pleaded for her life, but Krista wouldn't stop. But when she did finally stop, and it was maybe because she was exhausted, Colleen somehow found the strength to pull herself up, herself up off of the ground. And she attempted to run away. And she, um, Apparently, she attempted this several times. Well, the first time she tried to get away, Krista cut, um, like, a long slice in her back. And Tadaryl called up um, with Colleen, and then he pinned her to the ground. And Krista carved another slice into her, to, um, into her. But 
This time, it was on her stomach. Now, Colleen continued to beg for her life, but Krista told her to shut up. She told her it's harder to hurt someone when they're talking to you. And the more Colleen talked to her, the more Krista kicked her in the face. After that, Krista slashed away at Colleen's throat. But again, somehow, Colleen gathered up the strength to sit herself up and beg for her life. And on top of that, she attempted to escape again. Well, as she tried to get away, Krista threw a rock and hit Colleen in the back of the head. And at that point, Daryl joined in hitting her with rocks too. Now, in an interview that took place later, Krista talked about the sounds that Colleen was making and like as she was breathing. And the medical examiner said that Colleen was basically drowning in her own blood. Now, after the couple finished beating her with rocks, Daryl took his box cutter and he carved a pentagram into Colleen's chest. Now, the medical examiner decided that Colleen was still alive when that pentagram was being carved into her chest. So that means Colleen more than likely felt each and every slash into her flesh. And she suffered for about an hour after that, and then Krista broke or picked up a broken piece of asphalt and repeatedly struck her head until she was dead. You know, Shadola's still the lookout during all this. So after um, they realized she was dead, Daryl and Krista dragged Colleen's body to a part of the forest where there was a thick clump of trees, and they placed her on top of um, like this um, big mound of dirt. But now get this, before they left her, Krista took a piece of Colleen's skull as a trophy. And she placed it in her jacket pocket. Apparently forgot about it. Then they removed her ID cards and her gloves that she had been wearing. After that, they rubbed mud from the bottom of their shoes onto their clothes as an attempt to cover up Colleen's blood that had splattered on their own clothes. From there, they walked to a gas station and threw away the ID cards they had taken off Colleen and those gloves before they returned to their dorm rooms like nothing ever happened. Now, the entire thing had only taken like two hours. Once they were back in the dorms, Krista visited that friend that she had visited before and told her that she wasn't feeling mean, but that friend also noticed that Krista didn't seem to be... um, like all that mean anymore and you know I don't know what she was thinking but she did say that um, Krista was acting quite the opposite because she was dancing around the room in circles like a little kid in a candy shop she even went as far as telling her friend what she had did to Colleen and showed her the piece of skull that she brought back as a souvenir The next morning, a university employee discovered Colleen's remains. At 8 a.m., just 12 hours after the ordeal began, on Friday the 13th, Knoxville and campus police arrived on the scene. Colleen's face was so mutilated that the officers, they really couldn't tell exactly what they were looking at. Now, Krista wasn't very smart in her actions after the murder. Other than bragging about it to her friends, she returned to the scene of the crime 
the very next day while the cops were there but they wouldn't let her enter like that area and not only that she left the jacket with the skull fragment still in the pocket in an administrator's jacket on campus the jacket was handed over to police and soon after that they found that piece of skull in the, the pocket of um, Krista's jacket that she had left behind well Krista Pike to Daryl Ship and Shadola Peterson were arrested within the next 36 hours the police talked to Krista first and she waived her rights to silence and she even admitted that she was at fault for Colleen's death her entire confession was 42 typed pages she even took police to the gas station where they had thrown away Colleen's ID and her gloves and when they searched to Daryl's dorm room they found a satanic bible the trial began on March 22, 1996. Krista cried through the entire trial, but it didn't have any effect on the jury because it only took a few hours for them to come back with a guilty verdict. For the guilty verdict of first-degree murder, Krista was given the death penalty, becoming the youngest woman ever sentenced to death in America. She was only 20 years old. To Daryl Ship was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole. And Shadola Peterson was given probation since she basically turned state's evidence. She pled guilty to being an accessory after the fact. Now, five years after her guilty verdict in 2001, Krista attempted to kill again while she's in prison. She nearly succeeded in strangling a fellow inmate to death. In a phone call that Krista made to her mom, she was heard saying, quote, I betcha if she gets near me, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to succeed this damn time. See, now I know the difference between premeditated murder and what happened with Colleen. Because, see, I premeditated, I premeditated the hell out of this. Sure did. If I'd have had... 30 more seconds, I'd, we'd have a little chalk line out there in our wreck pen, and that bitch would be gone somewhere. A trial for the second attempted murder took place, and Krista was found guilty of attempted first-degree murder, and um, more time was added to, or that, that charge was added to her death sentence. Sorry, um, my concentration, or, uh, focus just totally went out the, the window there for a second. Sorry. Um, but anyway, her defense attorney asked that her penalty be changed to life in prison instead of the death penalty because they said that she had a mental illness and the death penalty would be unconstitutional. They claimed that the mental illness came from the abuse that she suffered at a young age and a neurology expert testified that Krista's brain had underdeveloped frontal lobes, and that's the area of the brain that understands right from wrong. Now, this had happened because Krista's mom had drank alcohol while she was pregnant with Krista. But the appeals court upheld the original ruling and sent her back to death row. She exhausted all of her appeals, but she still says that she should not be executed. Well, in June of this year, the Tennessee Attorney General's office asked the high court to set an execution date for Krista because she's exhausted all of her appeals. 
her attorney says it's too soon and in their arguments they've said that she was still a youth when she committed the crime they said that she was 18 and she was not any more mature or responsible than to Daryl who received life in prison because he was only 17 at the time of the crime there is still no date set for the execution of Krista Pike. Now, that's all I have for today's episode. If I do hear like any updates, like if, if they've set like a um, execution date or anything, I'm definitely going to come back and you know let y'all know on a future episode. Now, also don't forget to come back Monday where we'll be finishing up the two-part series about Aleister Crowley. Um, he's pretty interesting man, I believe. But anyway, y'all have a great weekend.